Okay, besties, I am so excited about today's episode. I have the lovely, the wonderful, the amazing, incredible Brooke Mikio joining me in a bit, but I just wanted to say hi. I've missed you so much. I'm so excited to be back. I'm in my new apartment recording right now. You probably can hear my AC unit, which I'm blessed to have. It's on 60. I like to sleep in a freezing tundra. Um, This week's episode is kind of long, and Brooke and I really get into so many different things. And I thought that I was going to film kind of like a just updating you guys, miss you so much, love you so much, kind of a theme moment. But I'm not going to do that only because I think a solo episode is in order in which I give you guys all of the well-needed updates that you might be looking for. But for now, just always remember um, that I am thinking about you. I don't know what I was trying to say, that I'm thinking about you, number one, but number two and three um, I'm still dating Scorpio boys, so no worries. And I was going to get questions about that. And I'm still living in New York. I've just moved downtown girl and I'm loving my life. And that's pretty much what's going on with me. But let's get into this week's episode. I'm just, I'm so excited that we need to just dive right in. So I will talk to you guys in two weeks and I'm thinking that'll just be a me moment, but we'll see how I'm feeling. All right. Love you guys. Okay, guys, I am so excited that I have Brooke here with me today. Um, I know that I've been saying for so long that she's going to be on the podcast, and we've had a million scheduling issues because we're both really busy. (laughs) And also, of course, you know, given everything going on in the world, we just haven't been able to get together, but we finally found the time. So Brooke is here. If you don't know who she is, she's an amazing influencer, content creator, and YouTuber. So inspiring. And we're going to get into so many things about her life and how her and I met and everything. But Brooke, hi. Thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh. You just gassed me up too much in that intro. I <laughs> am riding a high. I'm, I'm okay. I mean, well, it's a rainy day when we're recording this. Like, how do you feel on rainy days? Like, are they a vibe for you? Or... So I love the rain because I was that kid, and I feel like we're going to relate on this, but I was that kid in middle school and elementary school that when it rained and we could have indoor recess, like, that was my shit. Like, when we would oh, go to the library, shit. like, I just wanted to do that. So, like, from my childhood, I look at it as, like, a reading day, and I love that, but then sometimes it does bum me out a little bit because I find that the sun is, like, a big thing to do with, like, my mood. I definitely agree. I think like one day here off, and especially if you don't have anything going on, but if it's like, oh my gosh, this is the one day I was supposed to run all my errands, like do everything that's the worst. Yeah. But when it's intentional, an intentional rainy day, can't beat it. Couldn't couldn't be better. I so agree. (laughs) And we're like, I think the hurricane is ending. So like, hope everybody is dry and safe. Um, But to get started, I wanted to ask Brooke, because I actually don't know the answer to this how you got started doing all this. And for those of you who don't know, she's full-time content, meaning her job is YouTube and to post Instagrams and give you guys all a little glimpse into her life, which we're going to talk about comes with like a tremendous amount of stress, but also like, I think we can both admit how grateful we are to even have platforms. Oh, yes. But I have so, literally no idea how you got started. Can you like, just give me the story? Yes, <laughs> I'm so, I want to yes. know so badly. Yes, of course. It's so crazy too. Cause I've like, like with the new, not to be like, Oh, the new generation of like TikTok and everything, but I have been like in this, I don't know if I could curse. Like I was going to say, I've been in Do this it. shit for a minute. Like I, I, I love it, but I started on YouTube back in when I was 14. So I don't even know how long ago that was. Oh my God. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like prehistoric era. Like <laughs> that was like a different genre. Honestly, I was on even before that. Like I just was that kid that I got a laptop when I was really young um, because I asked for it, you know, and my parents like always really trusted me a lot. You know, they were like, don't make a MySpace because they like saw like the things about like the MySpace killers. And yeah. Like, okay, you know, don't do MySpace, but like whatever else like really you could do. So I found YouTube. I feel like people at school told me about it when I was in like middle school or whatever. And I started making with my friends these like little music videos and skits and like sketches and stuff. So I had a whole nother channel that I did like early middle school. Um, obviously it was not cool at the time like at the time yeah YouTube was so new and up and coming but it was really a lot of fun like I would have friends over we'd have sleepovers and, like make these videos and then like you know I'd be like oh that's so fun like I'll put it together and then like send it to them the next day um so I always loved it but then you know middle school kind of came to a close it was just times were changing um so I stopped that channel and then into high school, I just was like kind of missing that part of my life. So I started a new channel. The original name of it, I, I don't say this a lot. The OGs know, but it was Brooke X Beauty was my username. Love. When I was 14. 
I know it was, I, I, it was a moment. Everyone had X's in their names. Like oh, why? I had Eli rocks ROX seven, two, two. And it was my Instagram handle. Cause like I had a, this like sophomore year of college, like alt phase that I got into. And I changed my Instagram from like Eli Rallo to like Eli rock seven, two, two to be like I ironic it. again. And yes. literally it's like, so it permeates my life. It's not that anymore, obviously, but I understand the 14 year old. Like it was a thing. Everyone would be like, love X, X, this thing. <laughs> so like, true. I don't know. It was just like so stupid, but I guess that's what I did. And beauty was like the thing. So at the time, um, I don't know if you watched like early YouTube, like the Mac Barbie 07 of it all. And yeah. Star 07. Oh, Mac Barbie 07? Is that her number? I don't know. They, everyone yeah. had like a number and like a makeup company or like a name. Like it was always like beauty something. And I had no business talking about makeup. I mean, I liked it and I would like randomly do like blue eyeshadow sometimes, but like it never looked good. But it was like my thing, I guess. Like I was like, oh, I'll do my friend's makeup. Like I was like into it so it started off as a makeup channel then I started doing like fashion which I also really had no place doing but it just was more of like an outlet for me um I yeah I stayed busy in school and stuff but it was my outlet and then honestly I just stuck with it and it over time it's evolved obviously a lot since then and become more of a lifestyle um type of channel but when I was in college you know I talked about college when then I was in like that post-grad era like figuring out my life I really showed that and I think that's what my like type of content is yeah uh, um yeah it's it so it's changed a lot since I obviously like I've seen so everyone in our you know age like in their 20s has seen social media grow and change a lot but I think the difference is like I've just been on it for that long so yeah. my audience has kind of seen me through those changes which is so crazy and you know for better or for worse I can look back on all those times of my life which is kind of sweet in a way kind of cringe in a way because obviously like 15 16 I'm like wow I really thought I was doing something here (laughs) yeah well you said something so interesting that I think is like so accurate about the TikTok thing and I feel like it is just given rise to like a whole new genre of people that are like creating content on the internet that like didn't exist when you started like when you started there was like the youtube girls and like ever and like you were one of those like people knew the youtube girls and then there was like the kardashians doing the instagram thing but it i feel like it wasn't until tiktok that it like became more of a like a niche that people are like wanting to become an in quote-unquote influencer yeah, I would definitely agree. I think with time, it's become like it was starting to get that way. I noticed even through college, like even my freshman year of college, I started in 2015. It wasn't like that. But then when I was graduating in 2019, it was so much more like, oh, you do YouTube. That's so cool. Like you know, with the rise of everything else, like TikTok just came out that year. So yeah. I feel like things or maybe the year before. I don't even know. I feel like TikTok became like a thing like and, you know, 2019 into 2020. Um, so I totally agree. It's been really interesting to watch it all change. And then it's like, oh, we have to be on every platform, like seeing how you have to grow and adapt. And even if you are at Kardashian fame level, like they're on TikTok too. Everyone needs to be everywhere. Yeah. Well, so that's how we met on TikTok. And I'm just curious, like, what do you make of it all? Because like being that you started so young and like literally were in college when TikTok came out and you were doing your whole YouTube thing and like pretty established at that point, like what do you make of the TikTok like – the rise and explosion for lack of a better term of like what it is to be a TikToker versus like YouTube. Yeah. I think that it is really, really different. And I think that people just think, Oh, it's just video. So I can just do whatever, but it's like you, the, the tone of voice, the, the audience on TikTok, they don't respond to things the same way that they do on YouTube. So I think that I, I respect TikTokers a lot like people who can find success like you and you know, other people in the city, like Audrey, these people who are literally killing it. It's just so impressive to me because I think it is, it's, yeah, it's a level playing field, I guess, in the sense of like the algorithm and, you know, more people are given like this opportunity versus I know YouTube's like super, super hard to get into these days, but you still have to be witty and find your voice and do something unique and different. And with such a short video, it's kind of like, it brings back like the Vine era in a way where it's like, how can you be the most unique different show your personality in this short amount of time like it's totally a different thought process for me than YouTube yeah that makes sense um and I guess switching gears because you mentioned college I'm so curious to hear like when you were in college what were you studying and like while you were there were you like I'm doing content full-time and I'm just here to like get this education this degree in the event that it doesn't work out or did you have like kind of existential career crises where you didn't know really like where you wanted to fit yeah, definitely the the latter of the two. So I started college, 
like I said, 2015, I was always um, a business major. I like went in as finance, but then I changed to marketing, but it doesn't matter. I don't know if your school is like this. We had to like apply into the business yeah, school. It like, was like yeah. that. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. Like you take your core classes anyways, your first like little bit. So, and then I was like, what, who am I kidding? Like, I'm not going to do finance. Like marketing is definitely more in line. And even that it was just, it just kind of made sense. It was like, okay, like I'm doing this social media stuff for myself. Like for a lot of college, I was my own sort of like manager, like fielding all my emails. I was like, I already have my own like little business. Like I could totally do marketing because I know how to do it wrong like it is so incredibly like I, I just had this like closed-minded view I think of it because I was like I am like already an expert in all things business meanwhile it's like that was so like I, I feel like everyone at 18 has like this like kind of god complex where you're like I know more than you yeah and you're like, I'm so good at this like I'm yeah in college <laughs> Literally, I was like, I'm better than these professors. I mean, I'm like, what, literally, what do I know? Um, so I, I did end up like taking classes, obviously, in social media. But then I also took like the general business classes. And honestly, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I was making some money from YouTube, but tra- very transparently, like not enough to sustain probably the life that like I wanted to live. Like yeah. I was able to pay for my spring break and like put down you know I paid for like all of our spring breaks and everyone Venmo me back and I like paid that with like the balance that I had you know so I was like proud yeah. of myself for stuff like that that I was like wow you know I am making some money and I could do things like this but not enough to be like you know move somewhere completely new do all this furniture do it yeah you know, just on that um I honestly didn't I had some internships and stuff in college I did some social media internships and like little jobs and whatnot mostly just for myself and then senior year I was just like literally WTF am I going to do with my life? Like I, I just didn't think about it until then really. And what I did, which I'm really thankful I did, but it didn't really lead me to the right place. But I don't really believe that because like now I'm in the right place, but I did a lot of like phone calls with people. Like I was big into LinkedIn. I still am, but like LinkedIn is honestly the freaking best tool. It's the best. It's so good. That is like the number one thing I always tell people that slide into my DMs about career things. I'm like, Look at everybody that graduated from your alma mater that works where you want to work and just start setting up phone calls. Yep. Or people that you even have like second, third tier connections. You never know. Yeah. Friends of like my aunt, like I would take phone calls with, you know, I would just put it out there to everybody. I was like, hey, I'm looking for a job. Anyone. Like if you go on and you can find like, if you want to work at the New York Times, like let's just shoot big and you go on and you find one person who works in the area at the New York Times, let's just say like features writing that you want to do and maybe they have some one minute connection with you or something, still message them. The worst they can say is like, no, sorry. It's not going to penalize you for being proactive. Honestly, they probably just won't answer and that's not even that bad. So yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah, especially if you take the time to send a really thoughtful message. I've learned that people are really willing to help students, and it's really sweet, and they should be. Like, I'm so willing to help students now. Yeah. You know, when people reach out, they're like, hey, can you help me with this project? I'm like, of course. I know what it was like to be, a be student. that person. Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you. Um, So, and then senior year, did you just decide, like, I'm doing content full-time? No, I had a job. Did you know that? No, I did not know oh that. Oh, my God. Wait, we have a whole chapter that, oh, my God. I missed a whole so, chapter that I'm going through now with my life that yes. you were in. Yes. So I um, I took all these phone calls. Honestly, I wanted to work in New York, but I, it's so hard to find a job postgrad in New York that pays more than, like, honestly, like, basic, like, living expenses. Like, 30K, you know? and you're like, well, that's unlivable in this city, but things. Yep. I know. I was like, okay, well that no. So I was like, I need to, especially if I'm living in a big expensive city, I needed to make like a decent amount yeah. plus do YouTube. And I knew I would be like, honestly hustling, doing multiple things, no matter where I lived. Cause I was like, I just know myself and I know that I like a certain type of lifestyle. You could say that that's annoying of me to say or whatever, but I feel like it's self-aware. Also, so it's I was so like, self-aware. I'm the same way. And it's not yeah. selling out to take a job that pays for the lifestyle you want. Like, sorry. Totally. And everyone has their things that they'd like to spend money on, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm going to figure this out. But I ended up working in sales. I feel like a lot of marketing people just get pushed into sales because they hire so many people. Yeah. Um, so I, I did tech sales. I worked for Oracle in Boston, okay, Massachusetts. So I didn't, I, I expanded my search from New York jobs. I was like, all right, I'll live really wherever. And I was like, Boston sounds cool. I had some friends that lived there. And I was like, I'm always down for like, new places. Like I moved to college. I didn't know anyone there. You know, I was like, screw it. Like I'll move. Like I could, I could do this set up again. And I kind of quickly learned it just wasn't for me socially. It was honestly too much fun. Like we would literally go out on happy hour, like during 
like lunch. Like we yeah. would get a DD and go during like work and like drink at lunch. I was like, I can't do this. Like this is not this is too much. I, no, it was like college. Like I couldn't yeah. even take it seriously because I'd be back at my desk, like buzzed off of the margaritas I just drank. I was like, yeah. what am I doing? You're like, this is a lot. <laughs> too much fun. Like literally too much fun. And I just was not good at it was like a cold calling type of job. I should have known. Like it just made me really uncomfortable. And I just, it just isn't where my skills are. Yeah. So I was forcing myself to get a job really because of my degree. Like I, I didn't even give myself the chance to do content full time and like move back in with my parents because in my brain that was failure, which is so stupid to say. Yeah. But no, but I feel you. Know, you. I, a lot of people feel that I think. Like I think it's so like, I think the pandemic has actually shed light on it in a positive way. How good it can be to move back in with your parents for a little bit and just like, that's what you're doing and you're saving money. Like there's no shame in that. And there never has been, but I'm glad the pandemic was able to like put it in pr- perspective. I totally agree. And I think it's, it, I mean, that's a privilege in and of itself. Like if you have the opportunity to do that and I, or I have so many friends that work in the city and I'm from Long Island. So they commute, you know, and they save so much money. And then, you know, two years down the line, they're able to like live that life that they want to live without having to work like two, three jobs. Exactly. So everyone has their stuff. Um, but I quit shortly after like four months, whatever, honestly, I was really, really lucky because I was documenting everything for YouTube. My podcast at the time was, I'm not going to be like, it was blowing up, but like starting to finally get paid from it. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, not only am I not happy with this, but also like, I'm not going to do this for the next, like, I looked at my life. I was like in 10 years, do I see myself being like my manager? No. no like, so I was like, yeah. So I was like, even if it is, and I wouldn't recommend like leaving such a a job so shortly after like that was definitely like uh, that was probably the biggest thing in my comments people were like you should have you know given it more time whatever but most people were really supportive because they saw you know the potential like me doing it full-time whatever but I would agree with that I just was like I'm never going back into sales ever again like even if this YouTube thing like knock on wood like just burst into flames one day like I would work for like a startup or something like I would not go back into I would do marketing like totally yeah and that I I really feel that right now because I've said like multiple times that like I don't see myself at this publication long term and the thing is I never see myself pursuing finance journalism as like a career career I see it as like a jumping off point and you know what I'm so open to that changing but like I see myself as a creative writer not a finance writer and because of that like it's not going to be a bad thing to leave after a year. It's not a bad look because it's not like I was trying to invest in my future to be Bloomberg's next big e-commerce writer or finance writer of any kind. And I think it's like, it's worth your while to take the risk. If you have the privilege to take the risk, if that makes sense, like doing like something similar to what I'm doing right now and what you did, which is like, you try to have the full job and you try to work it and you save money and you eventually just take the risk because you know that the, the reward would be greater and you could fall back on, I could fall back on being a journalist. You could fall back on marketing. So it's like that kind of energy is important. Yeah, I, think. I completely agree. And like, that's why I am, that's why college always was my plan and like to, to do the path. So that's why I don't regret anything on my path. I, I'm more than happy with it. Take taking the long road. You know, so many people have this like explosion when they're 18 and like, don't go to college and move to LA. And you know, people will ask me like, do you regret college? I'm like, are you kidding me? No. Like not like not in the slightest If anything. I should have probably gone to grad school. Like I don't regret it at all. Yeah. It's and honestly, like it's a tremendous privilege for people to go to college, but also like it helps with the like content that you're creating now. So I think it was like, a really good totally. move. But before we talk about Boston, because I'm curious about that, my followers were asking, and I wanted to talk about it, in light of Bama sorority rush talk <laughs> that we just were stuck on, they are curious about us comparing our sorority experiences, and I thought that that was interesting because I didn't have a bad experience. Like, I think somebody that doesn't have thick skin might have had a bad experience had they been in my shoes. But my skin is, like, I have such thick skin that I was able to kind of be like, okay, and up yours whenever, like, girls were mean to me or like I realized I didn't fit in and like people were making it hard for me to fit in like I was just like okay I don't care about this and I'm just gonna leave but my overall experience and I want to hear yours and we can compare was that I just really didn't like the rush rush process I think most of my followers know that I just think it's really phony but I also see the benefits and especially at a big school like Michigan I just like there's no other way for me to like make friends outside of my major if I didn't do it. And I met my literal best friend in the world. It did make a big school smaller. But I think, like, my conclusion is, like, with all of my thoughts about Greek life in mind, is just that, like, as a society, we're allowing it to continue. And, like, it's really 
gross and sad that we let let it continue to kind of destroy people's self-confidence and like do and like have the power it does over people I think that's just like a societal thing not so much as like a school thing and then you put a bunch of bad people in one place and they're gonna bully people that they don't like or that they're threatened by so like that was my experience but also like it's so hard for me to say like I struggle with it because I'm like I also met my best friend and I did have a lot of fun but then like it goes in the whole thing like okay well you and I are like the kind of girl that they're looking to put in a sorority um so maybe it was easier for us because of that but anyway all of that in mind I'm curious like what your experience was did you like it did you hate it what did you find about your rush experience and then like joining and everything? Yeah. So I went to another big school, University of Georgia. So it was very, and it wasn't, it's not Alabama level in terms of rush. Like that is like truly like the next level, but it is, it's intense. I will yeah. say. Yeah, definitely intense. I am similar to you, I think. So I stuck with it all four years and I'll, I can kind of get into that, but I had highs and lows too. Like I, you know, my freshman year rush experience, I think I was just so oblivious that I didn't Same. know, like, and I was kind of thankful for that. Um, I did everything I felt like the correct way from what I heard in like my research and stuff. Like I got a lot of letters of rec and I, you know, like did, I, I was really involved in high school. So I felt like, like my resume was good. My GPA was good. Like on paper, maybe that's what gave me advantages. I don't know. Also social media was so different then. Like I, I find that so weird now. Like is social media going to help or hurt these girls that are posting on TikTok like yeah. about it? I, I wonder how that all goes. Um, and I did do videos about like my rush experience and stuff in the moment. I have privated them since just because honestly I watch them back and it's so cringe. My advice is literally terrible. So I'm like, uh, like no, uh, that's done. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm, uh, it's just not it. Um, but I've had year, it's so interesting because like my freshman year then was like all pretty good. But then sophomore year, like rush on the other end, I had a really, really bad experience. Yeah. And I, I've talked about this a little bit, but I was, and I don't like throw around this word lightly and I don't like to talk about it too much just because I'm similar to you. Like I am so grateful for my sorority and I'm like proud to like say the name of it and everything. But like, I think a few bad people make it like triggering. Yeah. You know? I don't know if you have that experience, but I, so I guess my sophomore year, the juniors, some of the juniors were literally just like terrible to me. Like I would just like cry. Like it was like so actually horrible. So messed up. And I, I felt like at the time I didn't have like enough close, close friends to really confide in about it. So only yeah. like two, only like two of them knew, but they were also my age. So like, I didn't have enough like fight back in me to like fight back. And I was like, this is just like, I just have to stick it out. You know, like I totally could have been like F this, like I'm done and like changed the whole course of my life, you know? Yeah. But I just knew that that wasn't in the cards for me and I made other adjustments. Yeah. Um, and I'm really thankful that I did stick with it because honestly then, so I actually ended up, I lived in my sorority house my sophomore year too. So that just was not the fit. I studied abroad the second semester. So I got out. I was like, not it You're for like, me. Like, I'm I, done. I, yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad that I did that because I think that changed the course of like, college for me too. I was like, I need to change. Don't want to transfer because I do love Georgia, but like, I just need to get out. Well, you it's know? overwhelming living in the house. And like, I don't, I don't mean to cut you off. I want to hear the rest of the story, but like just on the house thing, like at Michigan, most of the sororities that if, if you can fit all the girls, you have to live in unless you have like a severe health issue or like something happens that you can prove obviously they make an exception but otherwise you have to live in and I think I wouldn't have dropped if I didn't live in but honestly like the bullying that went on in the girls that lived in and like I said this in my TikTok the other day but it, like I would literally walk into the kitchen to have breakfast or dinner or whatever and nobody would even everyone look and nobody would say hi and like yeah. I said hi people would just ignore me so I just didn't say hi and I was like, it's just like, it is a hostile environment and it's never fun to live somewhere where you're afraid to go into the kitchen or the bathroom. Yeah, no, that's not it. I actually like strangely feel that way too. And I feel like through the years, like in a way within my sorority, my like almost, and I hate to, but it is like this, my like popularity level in the sorority from like sophomore year to senior year, like increased so much which is messed up because I feel like sophomore year I had some of those experiences where I was like, wow, I feel like I have, like no friends or like two yeah. or three friends, you know, like what is this? Um, but then by the time I was a senior, like it, I was like, I, I felt so cool and so like accepted. And like, I feel like I, I don't know what, ha what changed, like that someone just deemed that I was like finally cool that everyone like could talk to me, you know? Yeah. And it's like, it's screwed up because like, yeah, you reap the benefits. So obviously you're going to be happy about that. And obviously you're going to have a good time, but it's like, who decided that you were all of a sudden cool and you were I don't before. know. It's kind of messed up, right? Yeah, so, and it's, like, sad for you because you're like, okay, well, this feels great now, but why wasn't this my experience when I was living in the house and I wanted to just get out? Yeah, when, when did you drop? 
I dropped it for my sophomore year. So I experienced rush from the other end similar to you. I was like, this is just really screwed up. My sorority in specific was just like one of the ones at Michigan that was doing some of the really terrible stuff. And it was just, I just saw it from an end that like really made me sad. And I was like, I just can't believe I'm a part of this. I can't believe I'm making girl, other girls feel like this. It's so the opposite of the intention of a sorority is to be inclusive and include people and like quote girl power or whatever. This is not girl power. I just don't know what this is. So I was upset and I was like, you know what? I'm going to stick it out because my roommate was sticking or my best friend, Allie, like my only like friend in the sorority was sticking it out because her mom was like in Greek life and was passionate about Greek life. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to like see this through because I have a family history of Greek life. I didn't have that. So I was like, I don't know. Nobody's like telling me to like try and stick it out. Nobody's like encouraging me to stick it out. So I decided just because she was staying, I was going to stay and like be a row gamma and go on the other end and like help girls through the process. But then I was like, I was like starting to do it, the training for that. And I was like, this to me is the same thing. Like I'm just, I'm just walking them into the lion's den. Like I'm just, (laughs) I'm holding their hand while they get torn apart by a bunch of bitchy people. And so the day before rush started and I still feel bad for doing this, but I actually don't. I texted into my row gamma like group of the other girls that were going to be like rows with me. And I was like, I'm dropping out of my sorority. And then I blocked all of their numbers because I was too afraid to see the response. So I was like, I'm kind of fucking them over, but also like, does it really matter? This is sorority rush. This isn't like the presidential election. Um, no, I, they take it so like way too seriously. I know. I, I will like, say that. I was like, you it's, guys don't need me. Like, yeah, no. I mean, and, and I, I really commend them because it is like a really efficient operation and like a oh, lot. Totally. I, I, it's I, a lot. I, yeah, and and I know people that did panelatic, and I like commend the shit out of them because oh, like it's so it's hard, so so much work, and they like really devote their lives and to they it. care. Like, you know, they really do care. And it really is so awesome to see that and see like the passion behind that. But yeah, no. Oh, so then I guess what I, what changed for me, well, I literally studied abroad, like came back. I feel like I was like, cool. Then I don't even know what happened. Like I came back. I just like had my group of friends. I was living with like my two best friends. They were also in my sorority. And like, I just got in like a better rhythm with it. And I was like, oh, I like this. You know, I'm happy yeah. now. Um, I ran for council. I did council. So that helped a lot. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. And all my friends did council that year too. Like the, the council was pretty much like me and my friends. So that like made it fun. So it's like a feel good kind of situation because like everybody totally. is like your people, like you're surrounding yourself with your people, which is so helpful. Exactly. So at least then, and honestly, that was my motive. Like when I was going through it, like that sophomore year and like I had like the older girls, like be kind of bitchy to me and stuff. I was like, I I'm not like I want to be on council so that other people do not experience this you know like that was kind of like the positive mindset there and I'm not gonna sit here and be like I single-handedly chained like no I didn't it wasn't that deep like I ran the freaking Instagram like it wasn't that crazy but I would like to think that I well it's the kind of thing it helped yeah Where like if you're not if you're gonna realize it's bad and you're not gonna drop and you're also not gonna try to change it then you're just as bad as the girls that are making it bad but mm-hmm. if you do, like, the one of two things, which is, like, either run for exec so you can at least have a say or you leave, then I think you're doing, like, an act of passive resistance on either level. Like, totally. being on exec, unless it's for, like, a popularity thing, and it's, like, actually to make some, like, to have your voice heard and, like, try to help people so it's not a terrible environment, like, that's technically passive resistance in this regard, or at least it is to me. So I think, like, it's a good thing what you ended up doing. Totally. Yeah. I, I, I see it from all ends. And now that I'm out, I'm like, you know, I, I feel like I, I could look back on my experience and be like, I'm happy I did it. But would I want like my kid to do it, especially in like, however many years that is from now, like 30 years from now? I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, it's just like, I look at it now. And like, I was like you and like, people will look at me and be like, this isn't true. But like, when I got to Michigan, I didn't own anything designer. And that like, I don't know, like, I obviously you can look at my things now and be like, she has a lot of designer handbags and whatever. I'm like, yes, I'm very grateful and I'm very lucky and I'm very privileged. But my parents weren't giving me those things when I was 17 and 18. Like everything that I own that you would look at and be like, that's a designer label or whatever. All of those things came to me while I was in college and like as I became an adult. And I think at some level these days, like if you don't have all that stuff when you're 18 and rushing, you just can't get into a sorority. And I was in it so naive. Like I was wearing like, I didn't like pick out outfits to rush in until the day. Like I didn't come to school with like my rush clothes, like, or like my prep dress. Like I just didn't have that stuff. Like I just like picked out a dress on the day of and was like, this is what I'm going to wear out of one of my dresses. Like it was less intense and like nobody penalized me back then that I wasn't carrying designer things. And that I was wearing my lemon earrings from target. Like 
all that shit was fine. And, like, obviously I had nice clothes, but I was wearing, like, J. Crew Factory Outlet and Kate Spade. Like, I wasn't wearing, like, at, today's oh, hot brands. Tory Burch huge bag that like I bought for myself that was like my greatest accomplishment I mean that's like an incredible brand like don't get me wrong but now no, I'm like yeah you, you know it's just different and I, I agree I, it's become very yes very flashy and I think that there's groups of those and not to, and I'm I, I guess I'm that person now like I don't I don't know what to say about it like I do like buying nice things for myself yeah but I think there is something to be said about not going into college like that you know no, I don't know I there's it's... groups of those people everywhere and yeah. it's definitely it's it's a certain lifestyle, especially like, like I didn't even know like anything about like brands when I was 18. Uh, you know, same. like I couldn't tell you like those are designer shoes or they're not. Same. And people will definitely be like, that's not true. But I'm like, I literally kid you not when I say that Michigan opened my eyes to the world of the absolute privilege and like the objects that people have that are so expensive. And like, yeah, now I look at my purses and I do own some of those objects. And I'm not saying that I don't, but what I'm saying is I went into college and I was literally in my J. Crew and my Kate Spade. Not bad yeah. brands, great brands, but just like my my chill stuff, like my forty dollar sweater, like not yeah. my like three hundred dollar cashmere for love and lemons, you know, love shack fancy outfit yeah. for rush. And I think that it's now like if you don't have those things, it's even harder because people are like looking to all of that, um, which is just shitty. Totally, and it's I mean, don't even get me started on the whole like looks aspect of it. Like it really is some of that stuff that it's like oh but like are they cute and like I hate to be like that but that those are some of the thought processes that are just so like we need to completely rework all of these things like it is so beyond unacceptable to me that we're so vanity focused like I just it's so tough for me to like wrap my head around that well I was actually going to ask you something about that so like really good like nice next topic of conversation but I wanted to ask you about like the struggles of content creating and like there's so many and it's always funny to me whenever I'm talking to another creator about this kind of stuff. Cause it's like, I don't want to be like, well, other people can't understand if they don't do it, but it's like, it's so easy to look at influencers. And I kind of hate the term, but like to look at people that do what we do. And it's like, that's such an easy job. And like, that's such a fun job. And don't get me wrong. It is so much fun and it is so exciting and it is so different. And I'm so lucky, but then also like, it's hard. And you have days where you're like, I literally don't even want to look at myself in a mirror, let alone like share it with the world. But I have mm-hmm. to because this is how I make money. And if I don't do this, this is how I lose followers. And like social media doesn't turn off. So like it's not a nine to five. It's like a 24 seven. So I'm just wondering like what you see as the struggles and like what you feel about, I guess, just the whole thing in general. And then also like with that, like this idea of like image and body image and like us putting ourselves on that platform. Yeah, totally, 100%. I think you and I both talk about that stuff, like, not, it's not, like, the main focus of our platform, but, like, a reasonable, like, we've talked about it, you know? So I think then once you open the door to be, like, all of a sudden, like, people think that now, like, I'm an advocate for, like, body positivity. I'm, like, I never claimed to be this person. Like, I, you know, I've talked about it once, like, I talk about my struggles with it because, guess what, I'm 24, and, like, these are real struggles that I know me and literally all of my friends are having, but for some reason it's, like, people are like, you're so brave for talking about this. I'm like, what, literally, what's brave about it? I talk about it with my mom. I talk about it with my friends. Like, I don't see how that, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it's almost, like, crazy to me that I'm like, is it so brave, though? Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely tough, I think, recording yourself, like, doing everything every day. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and be like, it's the toughest job. Like, obviously, it's, we're, like, I'm so, how lucky are we that that's, like, one of the biggest cons is, like, I don't like the way I look today, and I had to post an Instagram. It's, like okay, we get it, you know, like, that's tough, but it definitely is tough in the sense of, like, you could be having literally, like, the crappiest body day or whatever, and it's, like, the show must go on, or just a tough day, period. I've had really tough days recently, and I'm, like, gotta pick up the camera and vlog, because, like, I, like, all gas, no brakes, like, it's just, it doesn't stop, and it's, I think that it, it definitely can get challenging, and I think, I, I definitely try to combat the like toxic positivity by being honest and being like, you know, today isn't the greatest day. Like, I feel like every day people wake up and they're like, good morning, sunshine. Today's going to be an amazing day. It's like, no, some people have tough days and that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like that. sharing more of that is what's like needed. So I think it's good that like people like you and me are out here and like being real about that, I guess. Yeah. I guess it's commendable. So no, that's cool. that makes sense. But also what you said in the beginning is so true. Like, I feel like so many influencers or like creators, like, mention something once because like maybe their shtick is like just showing their life and then all of a sudden 
it's projected onto them as like their thing. Mm-hmm. And we see this so often with social justice and body positivity, where it's like, I listen, like I am a liberal woman with opinions and I keep myself educated, but I am not a historian. I am not at all in any way, shape or form the most educated person on a topic like Israel, Palestine, or what's going on in Afghanistan. I believe in human rights. And like, I strongly, strongly believe that like, we need to be helping people. And like, I believe in things that are like, not like up for discussion, like LGBTQ rights and Black Lives Matter. I'm like, that is so inherent and obvious. Totally. But the minute something becomes complicated, it is not Emma Chamberlain's job to be posting about it on her Instagram story because she is 18, a 20, yep. however, 20 year old girl who posts about her outfits. So, like, and her life in LA. Like, she I, did I not agree. ask to become a social justice, like, like educator. And I, I yeah. so strongly believe that we need to be using our platforms to share in support of things and give people resources, but we are allowed to claim ignorance or just like, I'm not comfortable doing that because that's not why I'm here. And like, I think it's like a double-edged sword because I want to share about body positivity and everything. But like, then people ask me like, how do you stop binging? Or how do you do this? How do you this? And I'm like, I want to help you so badly, but I also don't even know. Like, I'm just here in real time sharing it with you. And like, I, I always recommend like my first thing, when I give someone advice is recommending they talk to a therapist because I'm not a licensed professional and I could talk about this for days, but this is what pisses me off about the whole fit fit fluencers and like mm, health yeah. and wellness people. Like none of like the vast majority of them are either registered dietitians or not licensed professionals at all. And they're yep. telling girls like, just stop stepping on the scale. If you want to stop like hating yourself. And it's like, do you, you can like you are on another planet if you think yeah. that what you're doing you, is helpful. as if it's that easy. Like oh, solved or, everything. Yeah, like, or like they're or they're giving advice about how to stop binging and restricting, or how to stop restricting, or like how to get over anorexia without saying this is a medical diagnosis. You should be talking to a therapist. Like they're just acting like they're the CEO of everything, and it becomes so dangerous. So it's so frustrating to me that that can be like pushed on onto us. Yeah, I completely agree. And it is tough because it's like you want to do the right thing, of course. But at the same time, we're not news outlets. It's like I hope that everybody's educating themselves and I know that people are not. So it's tough because then you're in the position of – and I'm sure you get those messages every day. Why aren't you posting about this? Why you should be doing this? You shouldn't be doing that. And it's honestly like exhausting to receive all of that. Like you should be, you should be, you should be. Like why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you – like what are you doing? What are you doing? You know what I mean? It's like everyone can be – I, I definitely agree with all of those points. And like, if we're going to Emma Chamberlain's page for like actual facts and like news, like we need to rethink the way that like we are. Just follow like, like that... social justice accounts and like organizations and nonprofits, like, and if, follow her for your style inspiration. And if she wants to announce something awful that's happening, great. I'm glad she did, but that is simply not her job. And it's not ours either. And mm-hmm. like, I, I saw this so much with Israel, Palestine, because like being that, being Jewish, I mean, from a Jewish background, like, I wanted to find a really appropriate way to denounce anti-Semitism at the same time as denouncing any sort of, like, ethnic cleansing or actions or, like, mass murder or any terrible things that are happening to Palestinian people. Like, Jewish Americans weren't weren't happy with that. Like, yeah. just because they're going to stand up for Israel in general and be, like, like, you know, have strong feelings about Israel doesn't mean that they are also a proponent of violence and, like, terrible things happening. And I think that it was being, being so conflated in America that, like, Jews are always pro-Israel no matter what and Americans, like, it... And it was so it was so stressful to be receiving the messages like, "Are you going to post something?" When number oh, yeah. one, yeah. I don't even know enough about it to come up with something. And number two, like, being that my family has this heritage, like, it's really complicated. And I'm yeah, I feel the same. And it was just really re- that was a really stressful one for me. And I'm like sure that you feel similar. Totally. And then I posted something and then, you know, you have people coming at you like, this is the completely wrong take. And it's like, you can never really win with things like that, that are so deeply, like, I completely agree with you, like, totally, in like, always human rights first. Yeah. But there are political factors in these things. It's not just like, you know, saying Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ rights, because, of course, that's, always, yeah, that's but obvious. they're just so deep rooted. And it's a lot of layers. It's a lot of layers. And then you get the people that are like, well, like, I'll educate you, or here's this, and it's like, 
this is just exhausting. Like, go to an account. Like, I appreciate people holding people accountable that are spreading misinformation. But for people who aren't doing anything wrong, it can be aggravating. So that's a struggle for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Oh, totally. I, I mean, it's everything that I open up about or that I share, like, one, like, little tidbit of my life. Or, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure you've got dating questions because everyone loves to ask me about dating. So I'll share little tidbits. I'll be like, oh, yeah. I'm going on a date. All of a sudden, I'm the NYC dating, like, person you know people are like like what like that's literally every time I ask for questions now those are all my questions and I guess I did it to myself like I talk about in videos and I'll do you know get ready with me for dates and stuff but suddenly I feel like owed to open up about it all the time like I don't know if you feel like that even about your relationship like every time I you know I'll show a friend once then all of a sudden I feel owed to be like we're still friends don't worry like I know you haven't seen them in a while and it's like why do I feel that pressure to be like that yeah I so agree or it'll be like where's this kind of content? Where is this kind of content? It's like, I'm going to make it, but I didn't go to that place or see that person or do that thing. Or like, I'm yeah. not, I don't have the resource to do that right now. I'm like, I'm trying. And I think like, this is all be, to be taken with a grain of salt because of how grateful I am. And it's, I feel totally, like it's totally. normally not like my core followers who are like being rude about the fact that I haven't posted enough of X, Y, Z thing. But like, there are always going to be people. There's always going to be noise, I think is the real thing. Like yeah, no, that. I completely agree. Um, and it's just tuning out the noise because honestly, it's also like the 1% of people, the 99% that are so supportive. And like, then I make the mistake of responding to like the one bad comment and people get like mad at me then because then they're like, you're repeating it the negativity. And I'm like, it's yeah. so hard though, because I could receive a hundred nice comments. And then yeah. in bed at night, I sit up and like dwell on the one negative because that's how the human brain works, you know? Absolutely. It's freaking exhausting. Um, but you mentioned this and it's sorry to bring it up. If you don't want to talk about this, you don't have to, but there was a lot of questions about dating. No, and- I'm more than happy to talk about it. Like, honestly, I, I am. It's just, I mean, you get it. Yeah. I don't have infinite content for it. I'm like, I yeah. can speak on the dates and stuff, the experiences I've had, but it's not like, oh, how much time do you have? Like, you know, I yeah. like, I'll talk. And or I it's like, like not like want- you're the CEO of dating in New York City because you talk about yes. it once is more what yes. it is. Totally, totally. People are like, you know, tell all these like stories and stuff. I'm like, most of the time, you probably get this too, like from when you went were single, like most of the time there isn't even like a story to be told from dates. Yeah. It's just like, it was fun. Or like, you if know, I have one, <laughs> if I have one, just trust that I'm going to tell you. Like, yes. I'm going to tell yes. you. Um, but I'm wondering like what you think of dating in New York City. I know for me, like you hear it like dating in New York City is the worst and all these things and blah, 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 blah. And, like, on some level it is, I also, like, had a lot of fun doing it. And I think, like, if my number one thing about dating in big cities in general is that you have to have no expectations. Every date is either going to be a second date or a really funny story that you tell your friends because that's just what New York City is. And so for me, like, I didn't put a lot of pressure on it. So taking it with a grain of salt, I, like, treat it like a game, which is, like, very um, Audrey Peters for me to say. But I, I would, like, just treat it like a fun thing and, like, see how it goes. Um, but I don't know how do you, how you feel about dating in New York City. Do you find it overwhelming or stressful? I, I know it like can be so many different yeah. things. No, no. I'm I well, I'm jealous that it's like, oh, see, so it is a game. I read, I'm looking for the name of it. Um, attached, the like book about attachment theory, and that helped my mindset a lot for like the like because I definitely am like anxious attachment style. So I yeah. am like really bad about like and I, I'm not a relationship person either, but I'm just like, I would rather be single because I get someone on my mind and then I become like hyper fixated on like making it work. Yeah. Even if it's not supposed to be made work, like, and I've made, gone down that path like so many times with people where it's like these like radical, like two, three month flings where I'm like, oh, we're literally married. And then it's like over, you know? Yeah. So like, um, I don't know. I, I, and it's hard to be like, oh, New York, because I, I don't know if it's New York or if I don't know if it's like just urban settings in general or if I don't know if it's like dating in your 20s. Like I feel like it's just reading through a lot. I know you said the thing like the 10 dates and like two of them are good or something. What yeah. is that again? So it's basically like if you go on 10 hinge dates, which is such a bitch to do, by the way. Like can you imagine? 10 is a lot of socializing. But like over the course of a while. So I think like okay. I was thinking back to like my fall and winter. If you go on okay. 10 hinge dates, half of them are going to be terrible. Like, five of them are just going to be like, I'm not seeing that person again. Yeah. And yeah. then out of the other five, three of them are going to maybe be like a one-night stand or a little fling or, like, maybe a sneaky link or something. And then the other two are going to be, like, people that you could seriously see yourself being with. But then comes in all of the family problems and they're this thing and timing and these things. And, like, I'm going here for work and I'm doing this. And, like, 
well, you have this and whatever, or like, you know, my ex and things like that. So then like circumstances come in. But usually I found that like from my 10 hinge date experience, like that ended up happening where like half of them were like big no-nos and the other half, three of them ended up being like sneaky links. And then two of them, I could have seriously seen myself dating them. And then one of them was an ex situation and the other one was like a timing and distance situation where like he didn't live in the borough of Manhattan. Um, and he was still living gotcha, at home gotcha. with his family. And so like... I look at it like that, and obviously it's not going to be that every time, but I just think it's a helpful thing because it can make you feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So I – and I I mean, it's so funny because I'll say, like, New York dating trash, like, whatever. Whenever people ask for, like, quick answers, like, I'll be like, oh, it's, like, not good, whatever. But I think that that's just the dating experience in your 20s, like I said, urban settings, wherever. Because, like, re- realistically, like, is it so much better in L.A.? I think it might be worse. Like, yeah. I don't know. So, honestly, the cool thing is – that people go on a lot of dates here. I will yeah. say that. Like my friends in other cities are like another date this week, Brooke. I'm like, it literally, it is that often. And if you, if you want it to be, and for me, it's all app dating. I'm not like getting asked on random dates by strangers on the street. Like I wish I was, but like, I'm not. No, we love app dating. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. And honestly, I have like, totally agree. I've met some really cool people. I've met some people that like, you know, I like, I'm sure that if I hit them up and I want them to come over at 2am, they would, but like, I usually don't subject myself to that. Cause I like get sad. Then the next day yeah. I just like, no. I'm the same uh, yeah, but not, I don't know. I feel like neither good nor bad. It's just, it's a, it's a constant up and down battle. You're like, you're yeah. so right with the good dates, bad days. Cause I'll go on like literally like a terrible date. I'll be like, is this the best that's out there? And then I'll go on a really good date. And even if it's not going to work out or like, you know, I, n- I never see them again. I could be like, there are good guys out there in the dating pool, which is, it leaves me feeling more hopeful. Yeah, I, I so agree with that. And I'm curious, and I'm sure everybody else is too, how you handle, like, your job with casual dating. Because oh, yeah, for yeah. me, like, on a so much smaller level than where you are, when I was, like, casually dating, people would see that I had 10,000 Instagram followers and be like, the fuck is going on here? <laughs> and so I started to just – at first I wasn't telling anyone, and then I put it on one of my hinge prompts that I have TikTok because I was like, I don't really, like – like the idea of lying to someone about something I'm so excited about and that is such a big part of who I am is like being full blown on the internet and like I cannot be with somebody who would be embarrassed that their mom followed me when I'm talking about my IUD, my breast reduction, sex and my period and if the person was gonna be embarrassed by that and their mom they wouldn't want their mom to follow me then I simply just wouldn't want to date them so I stopped like pretending that I didn't have TikTok right around the time I met Avery honestly but how do you handle it because it can be so weird and I was so afraid to like just be like unabashed about it totally totally I I completely agree and there's no hiding it like I don't want someone to be like yeah like I'm like this girl that like does social like I want them to be like loud and proud yeah that's my new thing my number one thing is like I because I dated guys that are like literally so freaking condescending about like everything that I do and they're like of course like you're doing like this you know and it's like what and it's just like such a put down no matter what other like glaring characteristics that they have like that is like the worst so I'm like supportive is my number one so I have on hinge I wrote like my job title is just social media and sometimes people will be like what does that mean I'm like oh like you know I'll like I have a podcast I do usually I say podcast first because I feel like that's more like people like get it yeah like oh I have a podcast and I do YouTube and stuff and then I mean nine times out of ten also I put my full name like look me up I don't care you don't have to like you could either tell me or not tell me I know nine times out of ten they do look me up because then we'll get there and like they'll bring up what I do and then they don't say like they won't say like I looked you up but like it will come up like things of like, oh, so like you have followed, you know, I don't know, something like that. Not to be like, oh, I'm so popular and famous because well, I'm obviously not, but it is a part of my life. Like, I feel like it would be weird to be someone that was like not into that. Yeah. And that's not going to be every guy. And I think that's a lot of like the struggles that I do have, especially with dating guys that are also, you know, 23, 24. Like a lot of people, it's it, it's probably not their main thing that they're looking for in someone is like, Oh, like they have, you know, followers and like they post YouTube videos. Like it might not be the most attractive things to date, but I'm like, I, that's, I love it. And my life, and I, I'm not going to sign up to date someone that's not hundred percent in. Yeah. Not that they why, have to be in it too, but you know, just support. Well, who's not, if you're going to date someone who's like, you need to delete that. It's like, well, <laughs> I yeah, need to delete like, you. Actually, no, I want them to like, like my pics, like, you know, be into it. And, and be whatever. so excited. No, I totally agree. Um, but on the topic of dating, like being single and somebody was asking about, um, our advice on being single around a bunch of couples. And I feel like my like senior year slash like into my post-grad life, this was like what I was dealing with a lot. And like, 
what I was navigating that was like stressful for me. And I'm wondering like what you see slash feel about like being single when your friends aren't. Yeah, it's a really good question. It's definitely for me recently, it's been less of a problem because my couple friends are so awesome and like cool and stuff. But sometimes when they're like really clicky, I find that like really tough because you're just like kind of sitting there alone and yeah. everyone like group, groups off or whatever. My advice is, oh, and I know this is like, duh, is to like try to find more single friends or in college, I would lead more on my single friends whenever yeah. it was like, you know, a lot of my friends were in relationships or like I had a bunch of like at one point, all of my friends were dating guys in the same fraternity, but I had like a few single friends. I was like, okay, you know, let's ask guys from a different frat on the state party or like just different guys in general like let's you know do our own thing yeah um and I feel like it is like a secure in yourself thing like you you might sit there at dinner with like a bunch of other couples and be like in your head like oh my god they're talking about I'm the only single one and like literally they don't care they as don't far as like they, they literally don't even think twice about it like they're like okay Brooks here you know also like, if you're there not- they want you to be there like they're your friends yeah, and if they're bad com- friends they're gonna make you feel bad about it completely but I honestly do struggle with this sometimes because I get I kind of like internalize a lot of things like why aren't my friends setting me up with people like I kind of which is so stupid and like rude of me to like place the blame on them no but it makes and sense yeah I don't like get mad at them or anything like outwardly but of course it sits in the back of my head I'm like come on guys like help me out like I know that you have co-workers and I know that you have people that like come on also if you have a boy uh, if your friend if your best friend or any of your really close friends has a boyfriend and has not introduced you to his single friends that's just a bad friend I completely <laughs> I'm sorry agree. I'm like, sorry like that has been my magnum opus also because I love his friends and I want them to meet my friends yeah and even if no, it's just I, like I, whatever my friends have done that my friends have done that's not really it but I'm like come on like we could be doing more especially yeah. just knowing that even me as a single person like I'm always like oh, this guy's going to come, he's going to bring his friends, you know? Like, I'm always here for the group effort. Like, why? Yeah. It, like, it shouldn't just be a, like... It's also fun. Uh, yeah, it makes it way more fun, too. Like, so, so, I know fun. that that might not... And just, like, get out of your head about it and try to make more single friends. Also, because I have found, I don't know if you're really like this now that you're in a relationship, but, like, I know for a fact my relationship friends, like, want to go out less and, like, want to, you know, maybe yeah. go, up and, like, go home earlier. Totally makes sense. Like, if I was in that boat, I would literally be the same way but I'm like I might as well stay out I have nothing to go home to you know um so I feel like you have to have single friends in that regard like if you want to do different things than them and I also feel like and not to say like if you're single you can't be like an introvert because I'm like so introverted and I was when I was single but if you are single and you find yourself like dealing with social anxiety or being an introvert like try your best to be as social as you can be and I remember Mm -hmm. like if I did something social I would always set up time to recharge and like that was an important boundary I had to learn myself Um, especially when I was single because it is so true I do feel like I go out less and I definitely go home earlier Um, but I had so much fun going out when I was single and it is so fun when I could like push past the social anxiety that like came with going out. Yeah, I could, I'm totally extrovert, introvert, like half and half. So I need a lot of recharge time too. Like I just had a big weekend, like Friday and Saturday and now it's Sunday and today's my day alone and tomorrow I'll be back at it, you know, like um, it's, and I need the whole day and I live alone. So like, it's just, I need a lot of, yeah, no, totally agree. Um, but I, I did want to ask you about this and this is like kind of a two part thing that goes along with this. So like being alone, like I love to be alone, but I, I see, cause I follow you and I have for a while, like you value your alone time and like a lot of your content is you doing things like just by yourself and vibing and living your life and reading I know you love to read so I want to ask a two-part thing about like being alone and like being comfortable being alone with yourself and then also we can move into like your favorite books right now and everything like that oh my gosh love okay yeah so like kind of how I got comfortable being alone is that yeah yeah I'm just curious about it because I feel like you're so like confident in being alone and like so strong at it Okay, so I will say, like, personality-wise, like, I feel like I've always been this way. Ever since I was a kid, I remember, like, going up to my room and, like, you know, after dinner, like, I mean, we were, like, a family type of dynamic where, we, you know, we would do, like, the family dinners and, like, play, you know, do stuff together, activities-wise yeah. and stuff. But I literally, like, go in, if I go in my room and I close the door, like, do not come in. And I've always been like this. So I guess it's, like, part innate in me that I've been like that. And now just living on my own, I kind of operate the same way. Like, my friends know it's not just going to be, like, a – and maybe it's because I've set up those boundaries. Like, it's not going to be like, a, oh, hey, I'm just going to, like, swing by and hang out today. Like, I'm like, nope, today is my day. Like, please, yeah, please do not, don't. you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have, like, we'll watch, like, Bachelor in Paradise. So, like, if I'm working, you know, Monday or, like, through the week, we'll set up days to, like, do things, you know, go out one night, whatever. Yeah. I feel like it's 
it it's just something you need to practice almost. And I definitely had those friends that like, they can't even go to like the grocery store alone and I'm not shaming them by any means. It's just, I feel like it's just different DNA almost. No, seriously. And only, uh, yeah. And the only way to work on that is to like train yourself. And I'm not even like a pro, like I'll go to a coffee shop and stuff by myself. I'm not going to like go to a bar by myself yeah. per se. I'm not at that level. I mean, I guess I would, it depends if I'm traveling, I, maybe I would like sit at a hotel bar or something. Uh, Cause I'm fine. Like introducing myself, especially if you're like doing something that's involving like eating or drinking. I feel like it's pretty easy to like put yeah, yourself out so there. Easy. Yeah. But also like with the help of the internet, it's helped me, I think probably be more confident with that sort of stuff just because I've been able to reach so many people from being alone that I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I might be in my room all day, but I'm like, you know, documenting it and like do like showing it and it doesn't, it almost doesn't feel like I'm alone in a way. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, I agree. I think that the best thing that you can ever do is practice it. Like I always say like fake it till you make it and eventually you're going to make it and it's going to be, you're going to stop faking comfort when you're by yourself. Um, So that's really good advice, but we know you love books. I also love books. Yes. So I wanted Uh, to ask you like, what's your number one rec right now? And I have one um, while you're thinking, I read this book by Salika Joad and her last name is spelled J-A-O-U-A-D. Wanted to make sure I got that right. But her, it's a memoir and it's about like when she was diagnosed with cancer and like her experience of that. And then going on a, um, she ended up going on this like tour with like after she recovered from cancer to meet all these people that like got her through um because she was like writing a newsletter for the New York Times while she had cancer um and her book is called Life Interrupted and that's also what the column is called and it's so good I literally never read memoirs but I picked it up because I was like this seems inspiring really interesting way to look at life like from somebody who was like literally dying more or less wow that sounds really interesting I I'm not a huge memoir like biography yeah. like type of I'll read nonfic but it's more like um if it's like relationship or like self-help like that yeah. sort of thing um so that's actually really inspiring I honestly and not to be like oh they get boring but like I really need a book that's like, gonna like encapsulate my excitement like I get bored pretty yeah, easily. Like, so I'm, I. I, yeah I'll be watching a movie and like scrolling on my phone like I need I oh, need that way, constant stimulation yeah so for books I feel like I need excitement that's why I've been really into especially like over the summer because it's so fun to like sit outside or when I go home and sit by the pool like traveling whatever I do love like a good fiction like romance novel I love a thriller too so um this is like an it's older it's from like 2015 but I just read it and I I need everyone to read this book just because I feel like it's a really honest depiction of like love and romance and it's set so it's called before we were strangers by renee carlino this is like not a hot take apparently like everyone's read this book i don't i don't i posted and people like i got so many replies i was like whoa i didn't know that this was that popular um so it's told in like two time periods when like the it's told from the boy and girl perspective when they're more man and woman i guess when they're 22 and they go to nyu and then 15 years later and i won't give like too much of it away but i feel like it's very like real it's not just like and then we fell in love and then it was happy. Yeah. It's like, it shows like kind of like good and bad and you're like rooting for them. But then like they have like drama and like there's other stuff that comes up in the way because life happens and it's like very real. Um, Cause I, I mean, I, everyone loves a book with like a happy ending and stuff, yeah. but I, I feel like when it's more like when it's deeper than that and invokes emotion, like I like to cry when I'm reading if I'm feeling it. Yeah, I agree. So that was a fun one. Um, I don't know. Do you read a lot of like fiction I think you're a big nonfiction. I'm a big nonfiction girl but I've been getting into fiction I just read um Daisy Jones which I'm sure you read so good so good I felt like it was kind of slow in the middle but I got through I loved it um and then I'm reading her other book now the like seven Seven wives that was even better seven husbands yeah yeah and I so I'm similar to you I need a book to like I need to be ravenous like I need to be thrilled for the next time I read it um, which happens with a lot of books. So I'm trying to get into Seven Husbands because I'm like getting there. Um, it gets better. I like Seven Husbands better than Daisy Jones, honestly. I like, I just like that author, I think in general. I didn't like the way that it was, Daisy Jones was told, like in yeah. the interview format. I didn't like that at all. Okay. Yeah. I kind of agreed. So I'm glad we're on the same page there. But um, the plot was good. Like, the, and yeah. it, it ended up being like a good story. The but Seven Husbands. character writing is really good too. Like I liked the character writing. Um, yeah. Totally. Amazing. Well, thank you for the rec. And my last question is, what 
And then this was a question for my followers. Oh, sorry for this, like, lovely sound effects no, we're having. But my followers were wondering what your favorite part of living and making content in New York City is. And I'm kind of wondering, like, in this post-pandemic world, what has been your favorite part? Um, I know it can be so stressful and overwhelming, but also so amazing. Oh, my gosh. I, I feel like New York's like a true city where there's just so much to do. And on yeah. literally any night of the week. And I'm not even talking about, like, going out and partying, but, like, just cool unique experiences whether it be like stuff that you've seen you know like a coffee shop that you've literally seen in like tv shows and movies or like a unique activity comedy like the, show yeah museums like i just feel like there's no even just like sitting in central park when you're like this is literally central park like we are in you know like we're the, in the greatest city in the world yes like it, it's actually nuts i feel like there's always things to do always ways to keep it fresh and I, I feel like showing all of that is really fun. Yeah. Um, just being here in these, like, I don't even want to say, like, youthful times, but, you know, like, in your 20s, like, this is, like, a, I feel like I'm living a dream, like, my dream when I was younger. I found, like, an old tweet. I deleted a lot of my old tweets, but I found, like, an old tweet of mine that from when I was in high school, and I was like, I can't wait to, like, be post-college, like, living in an apartment in NYC, and I'm like, I'm literally living my, like, dr- dream, dream, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's it crazy. is... Yeah, so it really is that great. And people always ask, too, like, the other popular questions. Like, how long are you going to stay in New York? Like, you probably get that all the time. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know. I really – I honestly don't know, but I don't have any plans to leave. Like, I love Yeah, it I don't know either. I have no plans to leave. And, like, I'm just vibing. Like, it's been Same. such a whirlwind. And, like, everyone's always like, what's your plan? And what's this? And I'm like, for so long, I've had so many plans. And yeah. literally none of them have happened. And that's not a bad thing. Like, they just haven't because other shit did. Like, my plan, my great plans to be a Broadway producer, like, have completely been left in the dust with my new life creating content and, like, being a journalist. And I just am so grateful that, like, things didn't work out so other things could, especially in New York. Like, what better place to screw up? 100%. I No, and as we should, like, these are the years for, like, experimenting and, like, realizing, like, what you do want to do or, like, you know, going somewhere and being like, hey, that wasn't, like, the best meal of my life, but I tried it and, like, I'll move on. Like, even as simple as that, I feel like these are the years to do all of those things and find yourself along the way. Seriously. And that is a great note to end on. So thank you, Brooke, so much for coming on and chatting with me. You really do have so much experience and insight that even I learn so much every time I talk to you. Um, I'm really like, I'm a huge fan. So we need to get drinks soon. Yes, um, 100%. On a day when we're not both hibernating, because I know that happens. But <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. The problem is, like, it will be, like, a recharge day, and it's like, oh, but, like, I should see this. Like, like oh, we're, this we're both busy, like, doing things. Yeah. No, I definitely feel you, but we're going to find a day. We um, are. And just, I will link all of your socials and everything, but I'm sure that literally everybody knows who you are already. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much. This has been so fun, and I will so see you fun. soon. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, bye.